The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day, good day, good day, and welcome to the Genesis Zone show. You are in the zone with Dr. Brian Brown. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this beautiful Friday. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, you could have been anywhere else and you're choosing to be right here right now. We thank you for that. Um, and if you're watching this on replay, uh, let us know you're watching it on replay. Just put hashtag replay uh, in the comments um, and let us know your thoughts. Uh, many of us live in the hustle and bustle of daily life. And sadly, we don't give much thought to being quiet. Now, you'll learn how this can be harmful to your health and well-being and what being and what you can do to start reversing it in today's episode. Uh, but before we get started, let's recap. In yesterday's interview with Sarah Elise, uh, she shared some pearls of wisdom from her life journey when she was forced to work through her dad's untimely death. Now, she shared that he was an extremely hard worker, um, like, like many of us are. But she realized toward the end of his life that his default coping mechanism was eating to suppress his feelings. Now, in my clinical experience, I'd, I'd say that around 99% or more of people who struggle with food and or anxiety tend to use food to suppress their feelings in one way or another, whether it's they're withholding food or they're binging on food or they're in a cycle or they're in a cycle of uh, withholding, binging, withholding, binging, uh, you know, and you don't necessarily have to have an eating disorder to have that, but it's just one of the phenomena that I've noticed. Uh, but Sarah went, Sarah went on to share how uh, her dad's death forced her to evaluate her own life especially when she realized, and she put it so eloquently, I felt like I had to be on all the time for everybody. Now, I know there's nobody <laughs> listening today that feels like they have to be on, so to speak, all the time for everybody. Now, I'm being really sarcastic because I know if you're tuning in, I know there are many people, especially high achievers, that feel like they have to be so on for everybody else. They don't have time to be on for themselves and nothing could be more disastrous to your health. And these are the epiphanies that Sarah was epiphanies that Sarah was processing through when she was processing through our, her, her, her dad's early death. Now from, from her personal epiphany, she confided in her boss that she, she wasn't doing well and her, and her boss was upset. Uh, not because he was empathetic to her situation, but because he didn't want to hear that she wasn't doing well. Um, you can go back and listen to the interview to find out what Sarah did for a living. But what she did for a living was help take care of other people uh, from a health and wellness standpoint. And a lot of times people who take care of other people who are caretakers, uh, they feel like they have to be on for uh, other people all the time and, and to their own detriment. So they end up failing in their health, failing uh, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, mentally, uh, their health starts declining, their well-being starts declining. So from this place, 
So from this place of deep self-evaluation and setting healthy limits for personal self-care, Sarah was pointed in a new direction as a holistic wellness coach. Uh, She shared with us three nuggets that really helped make this transition to a purpose-driven life possible. Now, the number one nugget uh, she shared was uh, see a therapist. Don't be afraid to see a therapist. She said it helped her get out of her own head so she could gain perspective. Now, I I can't emphasize enough um, the importance of making sure that mental health-wise, you're in a right space. Um, And I will actually, a lot of times, uh, spinning off what Sarah taught here about seeing a therapist, a client comes into me and I sense that they're they're not ready to do the deep work that we're going to be doing on a, on a wellness side. Um, they need to actually have some therapy. They need to actually have some therapy. And I'll actually refer them to therapy before they actually come to work with me. And I've had people literally come back seven, nine, 10 months later and thank me for uh, referring them to a therapist and, and, and really pushing them to do that. Um, and then once they came in and we started doing what we do on the genetic side and, 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 and the functional medicine side, everything was uh, smooth, smooth sailing. So uh, you've got to be in a good headspace. And uh, as Sarah put it, you've got to get out of your own head. The second nugget that Sarah shared was uh, be okay with being quiet. Um, and as you notice from the title of today's episode, 10 Ways to Practice Quietness, I'm going to really hone in on this in just a moment. But I loved Sarah's wisdom regarding being quiet. She said, being distracted and filled with noise isn't isn't going to bring positive personal change. Oh, no truer words. Oh, no truer words could have been spoken. So, so wise. And the final nugget she shared was positive self-talk is critical. Now, at the beginning of the interview, she spoke at length about positive self-talk. If for no other reason, going back and listening to that interview just for that piece uh, would be well worth it. So if you missed yesterday's interview, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, Now, that brings us to today's topic. Everything that Sarah shared with us is solid advice when it comes to self-care, especially in the face of the loss of a loved one, and especially in relation to feeling like you have to be on for everyone. So with that being said, I want to share 10 ways we can begin to practice the subtle art of quietness. The first thing you want to do is, um, and, and, and these are in no particular order. Let me preface it by saying this, or let me preface it by saying this, and you don't have to do all 10 of these. Uh, pick one, roll with it. Uh, pick one that kind of jumps off the page at you And it's like, that really resonates with me. I think I can do that and just roll with that for a little while. And then when you get used to that, then you can transition to another one, add another one of these things, uh, these these tools into your tool chest. But the first thing is practice gratitude. You know, a recent study proved that those who practice gratitude on a regular basis are significantly more happy and well-adjusted. Um, and, and that study, and I'll provide links to these studies, um, later on, if I'm mentioning a specific study, um, you'll find them in the show notes, uh, on the podcast side. So the second thing is get unplugged. Um, you know, I challenge you to turn off your devices for at least two to three hours a day. I think the best time to do that is when you come in from work, 
and you've got your personal and you've got your personal downtime. Cut your digital devices off for two to three hours and just be a human being, not a human doing and uh, move, move, start, start developing that, uh, that habit into your daily life. Uh, a 2015 Pew report revealed that most adults never turn off their personal cell phone and never, and are never more than a few feet away from their cell phone. I mean, what a sad uh, testimony to society as a whole today that we have to be that attached to a digital device like like a cell phone, a smartphone. And yet we subject ourselves to this torture over and over and over again. And I'm talking to the people out there that you know who I, you know who you are. Um, you haven't had an iPhone update or an Android update in, uh, in the past nine or 10 months, nine or 10 months. And because you don't ever turn your phone off and your phone's really glitchy and you have to turn it off to turn it back on just to keep it from being so glitchy and let it do an update. You know what I'm talking about. You know who you are. Um, so digital devices, um, and, and this is also from other studies, um, digital devices disrupt present moment awareness. This is critical because being present with relationships becomes fragmented. Uh, reward center pathways are disrupted, such as dopamine and endorphins. They're they're overstimulated, so it actually causes a melancholy type depression. Um, because if you go more than a certain length of time, and it's different for everybody, without this dopamine and endorphin stimulation from your smart device, from your social media exposure, you actually go into withdrawals and you become dysphoric and depressed. Depressed. Uh, digital devices also disrupt sleep. Now, this was interesting. Uh, this is what they call a meta-analysis study, where they look at they looked at sixty-seven studies, and of the sixty-seven studies they looked at related to digital devices disturbing sleep, ninety percent of those studies showed sleep was disrupted by digital devices. Guys, that's huge. I mean, that's more than huge. So if we're not getting proper sleep, our mood, our anxiety, our relationships, our energy, everything's going to be out of balance. And digital devices also interfere with healthy in-person relationships by decreasing empathy. This is another study. It showed that digital devices, uh, too much time on digital devices, decrease empathy and decrease recognition of verbal cues. I would add to that that we're even even in an even more complex situation now that every patient now that everyone is wearing masks because we don't have those verbal cues in many cases. And we're compounding that by spending too much time on digital media. And last thing, uh, digital devices uh, decrease productivity and increase distractibility. Yes, I said it. It decreases pro- productivity and increases distractibility. I have found personally that if I have a project that I'm working on, guess what the first thing happen, uh, happens uh, in, in the course of my workday? The phone goes off. Like the phone is literally turned off right now. My Apple Watch is literally turned off right now. I don't want any distractions. I want to focus 100% on you and delivering great content. So unplug, get unplugged. That's number two. And that was a long one. The rest of them aren't that long. The number three thing that you can try is start your day right. I would recommend starting your day slow. Go for a morning walk. 
uh, or, or some other form of ex- or, or some other form of exercise, whether it be yoga or stretching, uh, uh, spend time in prayer, mindfulness, or meditation. How many times do you wake up, the alarm goes off, and you're off to the races, and you don't take time to slow down? And the worst thing you can do to your your adrenaline response system is to have that alarm go off and then go to the races. You need to ease into your morning. If that means setting your alarm an hour earlier than you normally would, getting off of social media at night, getting off your digital devices two to three hours before bedtime in the evening so you can actually feel like going to sleep, so you can actually get up earlier and do your slow morning routine. Trust me, it's going to it's gonna increase your peace and quietness in your life. Um, number four thing, and I don't have much to say about this other than explore your own artistic expression, whether that be singing or dance or or, or drawing or paint or drawing or painting or pottery. <laughs> you know, uh, some people find uh, artistic expression in, in, in different forms of exercise, like martial arts and things like that. But explore your artistic expression. Don't be afraid to experiment there. Um, and number five thing is light exposure awareness. What I want to do is um, just very briefly uh, talk to you about some principles that I've come to understand over the years. Uh, always use natural light when possible. Uh, for example, this is really, really, really simple. But if you have a window in your bathroom where you shower, don't and and it's daylight outside in the morning time when you when you're showering, just go with natural light. Now I know you've got to probably um, you know turn the light on at some points to fix your hair and your face or whatever you do in your morning routine. But in the shower, go with natural light. Just go with the light, natural light. Just go with the light that comes in through the window. And during your day, if possible. Go with natural light. Um, I use a lot of natural light in my house um, and uh, use very few uh, artificial light bulbs. I'll say another thing along the, on the, along the lines of light exposure. The old incandescent light bulbs are probably better for your, your brainwave frequencies than the artificial LED and fluorescent lights. Fluorescent's worse. LED's a little bit better incandescent lights are the best when it comes to brainwave manipulation and exposure. And this brings me to a really important point. So there are actually devices that are wearable devices uh, that you insert into your ears that emit a very specific light frequency that actually treats seasonal affective disorder. Uh, So if you're in an area of the country where your days are shorter or your days are shorter, Um, and you have a lot of darkness, you have a lot of rain, those types of things through the winter months, it wouldn't hurt to invest in a product like that, uh, that has this very specific wavelength, uh, that goes right into your central cortex and stimulates the brain. And it it literally, I've got one of those devices. It literally within the first 10 minutes is like having a cup of coffee. Your brain just wakes up. Um, and decrease your light exposure in the PM hours. Uh, can't can't express that enough. Uh, some people wear blue blocking uh, glasses. I have blue blocking uh, tint on these that you don't see them because it's only uh, like a twenty eight percent. But some people wear darker blue blocking glasses to block that light in the PM hours. That to- that choice is totally up to you. The number six thing is limit noise pollution. Now research shows that noise interferes with 
complex task performance, task performance. Um, noise pollution also worsens social behavior. Uh, it can cause irritability. It can lead to elevated blood pressure. This is a huge one. Uh, it can increase stress hormones. It can impair long-term memory and it can lower reading comprehension. All of those things from noise pollution. So when I say be quiet, find a place to be quiet, don't put earbuds in and listen to your favorite music. I mean, go sit outside and just listen to the breeze, listen to the birds, um, be in a place where you're you're receiving natural, what they call harmonic frequencies uh, through noise versus noise pollution that is, that is way over the top. And for those that live in an inner city, it's a little bit more difficult, but you, it can be done. Uh, there are even apps that you can buy that actually will ha- actually will have uh, the right noise frequency, nature type frequencies uh, embedded into them. They're called binaural beats. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's that's a little side note. That's a whole nother show for another day. So the number seven thing is, which kind of leads from noise pollution, is spend time in nature. Evidence shows that spending time in nature promotes happier emotional states. It decreases mental distress. It improves sense of well-being. It improves life satisfaction. It increases autonomy, and it helps you feel more alive and energized. All of these are backed up by studies, guys. Uh, This is not something I'm making up. All of this is known fact when it comes to actual scientific studies. The number eight thing, be aware of your breath. Now, (laughs) I know there are some people out there that may be chuckling just a little bit. I'm not talking about bad breath, although that would disturb your quietness. What I'm talking about is breathing, okay? So breathing, okay? So uh, make sure you're breathing with your belly and not your chest. Um, If you feel really stressed out, you might want to just put your hand on your chest, look at the second hand on your on your watch, and just count the number of breaths you have per minute. If they're if they're if they're high, let's say they're 16 plus. um, That's not good when you're in a very calm state and a very quiet state. Many times your breathing will come down to um, six to seven times per minute. And I know that sounds foreign to a lot of people, but it's not impossible. Um, I, I do that on a daily basis where I just center myself, focus on my breathing, and my breathing will go down to four to six times per minute, which is kind of insane if you think about it. But I want to walk you through a, a breathing exercise really quickly. Uh, it's really, really simple. Breathing with your belly, not your chest and your shoulders. Breathing with your belly, I want you to breathe in for four seconds, in for four seconds, for a count of four. I want you to hold it for seven seconds, and then I want you to breathe out for a count of eight seconds. It's as simple as that, and that little exercise will help quiet your mind, quiet your spirit, bring your stress hormones down. There's all kinds of research about breath work and the physiological effects of that. Uh, The number nine thing is be mindful of the food that you eat. This goes for timing of when you eat. This goes for the type of food that you can eat. Again, this is a whole nother episode for another day. But if you eat a high carbohydrate diet, if you drink uh, alcohol on a regular basis, even if it's one drink, it can disrupt your stress hormones, cause adrenaline and cortisol to go up. That disrupts your quietness. That disrupts your peace. So be very mindful of what you are putting. As one of my friends says, who's in the weight loss space, be mindful of what you're putting in your pie hole. And I know that sounds really 
grotesque, grotesque, but it's it's true if you really think about it. I, I want you to have that vis- visual image. And number 10, be mindful of the nutrition that you give your genes. You know, uh, here at the Genesis Zone, we focus on nutritionally supporting the genes, testing those genes, finding out which ones are out of balance, and really developing a plan to nutritionally support those genes with the right supplementation, removing all of the guesswork. There's no sense in having to guess about the supplements that you need to take. Um, You can know for certain which ones that you need to take that your body needs, and not just for this moment in life, but over the course of your life, uh, you'll know with absolute certainty. So critically important to be mindful of the nutrition that you give your genes. Um, If you're at a place where you don't feel so optimized physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, and you'd like to learn about what it's like to operate at a higher level of peak performance uh, by understanding your genetics at a deeper level, uh, let's talk. I would love to talk to you. Uh, you can direct message me on fa- you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Brian G. Brown, or you can um, use the message feature on my website at www.drbriangbrown.com forward slash contact. The URL is right at the bottom of the screen uh, for the website. Just put a forward slash contact uh, in front of it. So uh, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I want to tell you, I've got something really exciting coming up uh, really, really soon. An announcement that we're going to be making. It's something brand new that I'm starting. Um, it is a genetics boot camp. It's going to be free. It's going to be a five-day live boot camp. If you are interested in uh, that boot camp, I want you to drop me a message on the chat here, or I want you to direct message me on Facebook or Instagram uh, because we are going to start uh, pre-enrollment for our first boot camp class, our first boot camp class here coming up pretty soon. So um, tune in next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time for our next Wellness Warriors segment, where I'll be interviewing another surprise guest, and we'll continue exploring ways in which you can optimize for higher performance. Notice I didn't say high performance. I already deal with high achievers, higher performers. We're talking higher performance, total optimization, uh, physically, emotionally, and mentally, uh, uh, mental, mental optimization. So again, thank you for being here today. Most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown.